Welcome back for your accusation to vlog number eight or episode 44, season one, if you're listening to our podcast, the truth about Biden's marijuana pardons. So I apologize for my absence. I'm your host, Amanda. I've been very busy and I'm going to try to catch up from some of these headlines from 2022. So let's talk about uh, the first headline from October 6, 2022, Biden's marijuana pardons. WhiteHouse.gov quotes Biden as saying, quote, I, Joseph R. Biden Jr., do hereby grant a full, complete, and unconditional pardon to, one, all current United States citizens and lawful residents who committed the offense of simple possession of marijuana in violation of the Controlled Substances Act as currently codified in 21 U.S.C. 844 and as previously codified elsewhere in the United States Code or in violation of D.C. Code 48-904.01 subsection D paragraph 1. On or before the date of this proclamation, regardless of whether they have been charged with or prosecuted for this offense on or before the date of this proclamation. And two, all current United States citizens and lawful permanent residents who have been convicted of the offense of simple possession of marijuana in violation of the Controlled Substances Act, which pardon shall restore them to them full political, civil, and other rights, end quote. Sounds straightforward enough, right? (laughs) After the prisons released the marijuana convicts, the freed persons should have flooded the streets, but that didn't actually happen. Let's talk about what actually happened. Alan Mills, the executive director of the Uptown People's Law Center in Chicago, Illinois, penned a letter about Biden's proclamation. Mills' letter reads as such. On Thursday, President Biden announced that he was pardoning everyone who had been convicted of simple possession of marijuana. This was, in part, an attempt to undo some of the damage done by the 1994 crime bill, which Biden not only supported when he was in the Senate, but actually drafted and pushed through Congress. While we at the Uptown People's Law Center applaud the president's action, it is important to understand how limited the impact of this pardon will be. Between 2001 and 2010, 8.2 million people were arrested on marijuana-related charges, 88% of those were charged with simple possession of marijuana. If all of them were granted pardons yesterday, that would be a big deal. But that is not what happened. Who is affected by the pardon? The president's power to issue pardons is severely limited. He can pardon anyone convicted of a federal crime, but has no power to pardon anyone convicted of a state crime. In the U.S., the vast majority of people convicted of possession of marijuana are convicted under state law, not federal law. In fact, the White House admitted that there is currently no one in federal prison for simple marijuana possession. Therefore, President Biden's action will not free anyone from prison. 
at all. However, it is not an empty gesture. According to the White House, about 6,500 people have been convicted of possession of marijuana under federal law since 1992. All of them will all now have their convictions legally removed from their records. This will relieve many of the collateral consequences of convictions, including jobs and housing previously closed to them because of their criminal records. Take note, their convictions will still show up on background checks as, unlike in Illinois, there is no federal sealing law. In addition, there are many thousands of people who will have been convicted of marijuana possession in Washington, D.C. courts. Those are the equivalent of state courts yet impacted by President Biden's pardon. Pardon exemptions. The pardon itself, even for those convicted in federal courts, has some significant exemptions. It does not include anyone charged with the sale of marijuana, or with possession with intent to sell. If it is legal to possess marijuana, then I have no clue why it should be illegal to sell it. Additionally, the pardon explicitly excludes immigrants who did not have legal paperwork at the time of their arrest. This means that we will still deport people for simply possessing marijuana. Marijuana law reform. The real action for prison reform happens at the state level. Illinois has already decriminalized marijuana possession and licensed sellers and growers. Illinois and a few other states, including California and New York, have gone further and significantly reduced their prison populations. If more governors follow President Biden's lead and begin to pardon the millions of people who have been convicted of marijuana possession in state courts, that would have a real impact on millions of lives. Mass incarceration. As with much that president does with criminal law, his actions are more important as a symbol than in actually changing people's lives. The biggest danger here is that people will view this as a step towards addressing mass incarceration when sadly, it's not. Only 1% of the prison population in this country is imprisoned for marijuana. Only 14% are inside for any form of a drug crime. We could let every one of them out today, and the U.S. would still have by far the largest prison population in the world. I close on a simple suggestion. If President Biden wants to have a real impact on mass incarceration in this country, then he should redirect the massive funding that the federal government devotes to drug law enforcement into programs designed to keep people out of the criminal law system. As always, I thank you for your support of our work, Alan Mills from the Uptown People's Law Center. In summary, Illinois inmates charged with simple possession of marijuana in Illinois by Illinois courts cannot be pardoned by the president. Alan Mills mentioned that Illinois has taken steps to reduce the number of people imprisoned for marijuana. According to IllinoisPolicy.org, people convicted for possession of under 30 grams of marijuana prior to legalization will have their records referred to the State Prisoners Review Board and then to Governor J.B. Pritzker for a pardon 
as long as those convictions were not associated with a violent crime. If the governor grants the pardon, the Illinois Attorney General would then seek expungement. According to ABC News, ABC 7 News, rather, on January 1st, 2021, Governor J.B. Pritzker announced that about half a million marijuana arrests have been wiped from the records in Illinois. That forgiveness is part of the state law that legalized pot sales in 2020. Over 9,200 low-level marijuana convictions have been pardoned. Those convicted of possession from between 30 to 500 grams still have the option of petitioning for expungement themselves. Local state's attorneys can also pursue expungement for those convictions on a case-by-case basis. As far as I can tell, no other pardons have been done since then. My personal belief on drugs is twofold. First, all drugs should be decriminalized. Drug laws do not stop the manufacturing of drugs, usage, or sales of street drugs, or the misuse of prescription drugs for that matter. No one has ever been about to get high on meth or sell a Xanax, stopped and said, there's a law against this in a book somewhere. I better not. What drugs you put into your body are none of my business. Second, criminalizing drugs simply makes the drugs more desirable and creates an underground market. Just makes drug dealers wealthier. Drug laws are simply another form of prohibition. Prohibition laws worked so well that we ended up repealing them. We didn't repeal them, however, before making mobsters wealthy. Those mobsters, in turn, controlled cops. See how the government creates an underground market and then causes it to flourish. In America, you should be free to make your own choices, when it com- even when it comes to drug use. If you commit a crime while high, then you have to accept the consequences of your choice. Being high in and of itself is not a crime to me. I want Illinois to do more to reduce its incarcerated population. If you have a loved one who is incarcerated for simple possession, write to Constituent Affairs. You can email them by searching for the Illinois Constituent Affairs Office or by clicking the link in this transcript. You can also write to them using snail mail at Office of the Governor, 401 South Spring Street, Springfield, Illinois, 62704. You can try to call them at phone numbers 217-782-6830 or 217-782-6831. In my experience, this phone number will take you to an automated message that tells you to email them. Whichever method you choose, be sure to include the name, inmate number, and current prison of your loved one. Hashtag end mass incarceration, hashtag InstaJustice. Subscribe to the Free Rocky Nation YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell so you can stay up to date with our most recent videos. Share our videos. More views equals more news. Listen to the Free Rocky Nation on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Pandora, and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at Free Rocky Nation. Email us with your questions, comments, or experiences at freerocky at freerockynation.org. We would love to share the story of your incarcerated loved one. Don't forget to visit our blog at freelarryrockyharrisx2.com. Like us on Facebook, Larry Rocky Harris 1959. 
Buy my dad's books on Amazon. You'll find titles such as Never Ending Nightmare, Chronicling His Sham Trial, that brought him the 65-year sentence, 100 Filthy and Raunchy Jailhouse Jokes, 100 More Filthy and Raunchy Jailhouse Jokes, and The Prisoner's Guide to Filing a Winning Grievance. Like what you're hearing on the Free Rocky Nation? Support us by visiting our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Nation. Monthly subscribers get Free Rocky Nation merch. Oh, I forgot. Oh, turn off Audacity and...